Hello, and welcome to Political Brothers with your hosts, Chauncey and Avery. So, Avery, it has been a wild couple of weeks, really last week, with this revolution um, against the stock market and uh, billion-dollar hedge funds. It is truly something to marvel and be inspired by wouldn't you agree yeah so i mean i mean generally i think i saw this one meme that was relatable uh every wednesday in january has been something crazy we started with january 6th the the far right version of insurrection to the inauguration and then to uh the far left version of insurrection online (laughs) So well, we, we've, we've covered the spectrum, I think. Well, mo- most definitely. But I will say that um, I uh, did take a dive into the, um, the sub. Um, subreddit? Yeah, sub the subreddits, as well as uh, actually did uh, join uh, Wall Street Bets and have been following it. And I do have to say that um, there are uh, numerous individuals from both sides of the political spectrum that are a part of this, um, especially with um, what you're seeing right now. For example, I just went on the Reddit page right now, and the first thing that comes up is, you know, a meme saying that the short sellers have closed their positions, which... Um, you know, was not really so um, because they didn't because a lot of activity does take place after market. And uh, mm-hmm. I have myself even invested um, and uh, into GameStop. I did own some shares before. And to my fellow uh, Redditors, I am holding. We are going to take GME and AMC to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. So, and, yeah, so, uh, so on this topic, so I'm kind of interested in this, especially because it seems like, at least from the brief discussions we had about it, you know, before the episode, um, I think we actually 100% agree on this. I, I don't know. I, I wanna, I wanna ask, like, what your perspective is, because from from a more leftist position, like I am coming from. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the stock market, um, and but more of the reason why I'm not, aside from it being, a, you know, a dangerous capitalist structure, blah blah blah, uh, it's also just an unfair market system, right, where the rich continue to get richer, and I think this is a good example of how that's enabled. Like, there's one set of rules for rich people and how to trade on the market. And then there's one set of rules that they impose on, you know, everyday people. And I, so I was kind of curious, especially since you have your skin in the game, uh, uh, in every sense of the word um, or phrase, uh, how, what, like what you think about this? Well, here's my thing. As a uh, um, conservative um, individual economically, 
I do believe in a free market and I do believe that what these, uh, this movement is all about. I applaud it um, simply because you just look at that. For example, for those that don't know what short selling is, is that essentially when someone short sells, they are betting against the company. They uh, want that company to go under. They want that company to fail. Yeah. And you have companies like GameStop, AMC, who, you know, you and I grew up on GameStop and AMC. And even though due to this horrendous pandemic, we are not able to partake in what, for example, AMC, just because in most of the country, movie theaters are closed. But still, we grew up on that. Mm-hmm. And see people, I, I think we're just at a breaking point where one, a lot of people have a lot of time in their hands now due to the pandemic. So they are looking at other ways to stay busy. And so I think that's one of the reasons why this movement has occurred because a lot of people have gone to the internet for social, um, just to socialize as well as uh, converse with uh, their fellow humans. (laughs) And I feel that, because here's the thing, Wall Street Bets has been around for a while. Um, The only reason why they became big was because of their effect, because they saw a trend where billion dollar hedge funds were betting against and short selling the stocks of GameStop. And they said, well, we're going to do the opposite. And it made many people very, very rich. And and like I said, in these subreddits and even in the the group itself, I have seen people pay off their student loans. I have seen people uh, donate to charity with some of their when when it's to give back to their communities. I've seen um, people uh, pay off their car. And the fact of the matter, though, is, is that you have regular ordinary Americans, blue collar workers who went from who are better off financially and making money. And it shows that, no, you do not have to have a degree or to have a certain kind of job to make money in this country because America is the land of opportunity. And well, on that, on that point, so I think what, I don't know, I think this is a demonstration kind of honestly, kind of the opposite because the, this is the system's response to common people making money was well, preventing well, them to trade are you stuff. talking about are you talking about robin hood and various uh brokerage outlets yeah like they stopped people from trading or they automatically in addition to that yeah. they automatically sold people's shares in those companies yes i was um one of those people uh i utilize various uh trading platforms robin hood being one of them and currently, uh, I am limited to, for example, if I want to buy another stock of AMC uh, or GME or anything like that, I cannot because currently they put a uh, limit on the stock at one. I own more than one, so that I cannot buy more, which is illegal. It's market manipulation in my eyes, clear and simple, because the whole issue is, is that... Um, you can't do that. It's a free market. And because everyone's basing the, the whole argument is, is that we're trying to protect these people from all this risk, from losing their money or money that they can't afford to lose. But the fact of the matter, though, is that's free will. Correct. So and in the free market, 
I can do whatever the hell I want. If I want to raise my prices, raise my prices. If I want to lower my prices, I lower my prices. And if I want to buy a risky stock, that's my right to do it. If I lose, I lose. It's on me. I take the loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think the game. And it's gambling. Yeah. It's your right to gamble. Essentially. But it's, it's gambling though with intelligence, I would say as with any investment, because here's the thing, everyone, the, the, the most traditional way, and I, and I do not recommend day trading, ladies and gentlemen, um, I do recommend long-term investments, you know, um, that's why one of the apps that I use is Stash, and no, this is not an advertisement, um, but um, because they are very good with um, investments for long-term investing, uh, but the problem is with day trading is one, the tax implications and two, it's a lot of risk because you're selling, you're buying and it's a lot of movement and you have to have the time to, to be able to analyze everything because the GameStop movement just didn't happen on a whim. People saw what the hedge funds were doing. They saw the short sales. They saw the stock plumbing because people were betting against GameStop. Yeah. And, oh, so- because of the movement, GameStop is relatively solvent and it's going to be around i don't know how much longer same with amc and then you see various other companies you know they call them meme stocks <laughs> you're looking at nokia uh blackberry um mm-hmm. Bath and dogecoin. Been, it, huh dogecoin oh which you know, yes, you know dogecoin? dogecoin guys please buy the coin it's gonna to go to the moon as well get it up to a dollar one hey, Dogecoin equals one US. All I have to say is, is do the math. It's right now. Last time I checked, it was like four cents in the dollar. So if we do get it to a dollar, that's a lot of return. And it, it, it can't be done. It can't be done. But we're, but this is not about economics right now. That would be for maybe when we create an a economics-based podcast. Who knows? But for the meantime, though, um, what this movement is, is I love it. I'm all for it. I believe it is something that has to happen. Um, I believe that the numerous action lawsuits that are going against Robert Hood are just, and that it's time. It's showing that, like I said, the rich does not dictate everything, but as well that. How does it show that though? Doesn't it show that the rich actually do dictate everything, but like it's based off the response. but here's, but here's the thing, though. When people give a damn, when people choose to do it, because that's the thing, that we, Avery. That's the thing. When it comes to simple, simply the stock market and everything like that, you can choose to invest in that. You can choose to do it. I mean, the reason why it was so easy for everyone to do it with GameStop was because it was, it was short sold to the point where it was almost, it was easily affordable. And that's why everyone's attracted to AMC as well, not just to save the company because but it's easy to get into it because it's you're looking at it at, was that it's been at the 12 to 15 dollar range which a lot of people you know they could put 100 bucks in and have a few shares and i mm-hmm. do expect yeah. actually to increase in rev- revenue i don't know if it'll be like gamestop but gamestop will come monday it will both stocks will go up in my opinion simply because um do a little economics talk here but um the, the for example with with AMC, the short seller the stock had to drop to nine to nine dollars at minimum, and below, 
in order mm. for short sale to be successful. Unfortunately, for the hedge funds and everyone that was short selling, it didn't. It stayed roughly around $12, $13. So now, come Monday, at the start of the bell at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, those that were trying to short sell are going to have to buy those stocks back to reclaim their position, to reclaim more loss in money. And when a lot of people buy, it's like supply and demand. A lot of people are going to buy those stocks as a result, billions of dollars to stocks, mind you. And it, that's how much it costs. It costs billions to raise the stock significantly. So you're talking about billions of dollars are going to go back into GameStop, into their stocks at least. And billions, uh, well, millions, billions, a lot of stocks are going to be bought. And as a result, AMC, for AMZ, AMC, because I went with GameStop. Sorry, GameStop guys is on the brain. But AMC, and so that as a result, AMC and um, GameStop should go up on Monday. And no, I, I don't know what is, how long it's going to be. But uh, I guess I guess what I'm saying is, I guess what I'm saying is that, um, you know, you have this concept of there, there are kind of two systems that exist, like one system for poor people and one system for rich, not even poor people, just like everyday person, but it could apply equally as much to a poor person, if not more. And then it's a rich people, because for example, last year, uh, people short sold Tesla and lost $41 billion, but no one talked about that. But the only, the only reason that they're bringing it up now is because, you know, common people, are, are, are the ones behind the, uh, the short selling uh, downfall of these hedge well, funds. But right? also, like I, I do want to reiterate, it's also that a lot of people have more time on their hands right now due to they have to be at home at the, due to the pandemic. So no, I, I think guess, that- No, I, no uh, I understand what you mean. I'm saying, that, I'm saying that last year, the people who did the shorts, who, who lost the money were the same people but the reason why they lost it was just to normal forces, I guess. Like they just undervalued Tesla and Tesla. Well, well and I and I believe the Senate is taken, at least the Senate, like AOC. Uh, and it's funny. I did see two tweets, one by AOC and one by Donald Trump Jr. And they both agree that Robin Hood fucked up. And it's funny to see two very different people, like I said, on the opposite political spectrum. Right, right, right. Which is why I'm asking you, like, like, do you, as this, you know, what do you, what do you think about that in terms of, I guess, politics? Like, do you think, for example, if it turns out that these hedge funds go bankrupt, which it it seems like a lot of them are going to actually, because last time I checked, they lost over $70 billion. Yes, Um, one of them was Melvin Capital. Yes. Right. And like, do you think the government ought to bail out those companies like we no, did in 2008? No, no. And what happened in 2008, I understand why it was done, but I do not believe so. Because here, here's the issue that I'm having, right? Mm-hmm. When it, what happened in 2008 was, yes, a lot of people, a very few people actually did um, – and I am well versed because last night, guys, you can't go to Amazon video and and rent the big short. It's discounted due to um, the movement. No way. Wall. It is. It's dis- yeah, no, it's discounted. So I rented it uh, and um, I did watch it. Love that movie. 
because you know yeah, me. Yeah, it's really I good. Love, I love mortgages. And next is the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Gotta re- ignite um, that uh, love for stocks and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's acting. But essentially, what happened in 2008 was that some people did see what's what's going on with the housing market because you know the whole idea was the housing market was safe because it's the housing market who doesn't pay their mortgage right but yeah. the problem is is that it was a full of corruption full of fraudulence um by the big banks uh bear deutsche uh to name a couple even morgan stanley and well, also the raiders right well, yeah, and the rate it was a whole, well because it was a whole it was the whole system was garbage and Barack Obama did change that with for example no job no income on a on a form for a mortgage is gone you have to verify it it was it's all under um, the HERA Act under the uh, under the uh, this uh, you know the Safe Act you have to deal with NMOS the National Mortgage Lender Service uh, if you want to be in that career path you know there's a lot of regulation now. Unfortunately, for my, for me personally, I thought that no one was held accountable. There was one guy, one Wall Streeter out of hundreds of thousands of Wall Streeters. Only one went to jail. Yeah, that's accurate. And I feel that, and that's another thing that uh, in the subreddits, some people are saying we want to, we want the shares for GameStop to be $10,000 a share, which would be the same amount that the banks profited back in 08. Because here's the thing. I don't believe in bailouts. I really don't. I never have, and I never will. Okay, so... And that's something that we both disagree on. No, no, no. We, no, I was actually going to say, uh, I think in the past we've talked about bailouts. and Yeah, I think- we both disagreed. No, no, my, my, my position on bailouts in terms of corporations is that we shouldn't give bailouts to companies because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to... So if you're going to have a capitalist economy, which I may not agree with, but if we're going to have a capitalist economy, you can't just choose when companies get to be put back into work. Like they're either responsible for their business practices and they, they're held accountable by market forces or they're not. They it, it, it's a it's a live or it's a live or die system. That's that's it's that's capitalism. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That yes, and yes, folks. Another rare moment on Political Brothers where both hosts actually agree. And uh... <laughs> I do think. Wait, here, hold on. This is where we'll disagree. I think my addendum is they shouldn't have bailed out those companies. They should have helped the people who lost their jobs. Not the top executives who will be fine afterwards. You know, factory workers, for example, with the motive, the uh, the mo- um, automotive industry. Well, well, what do you mean exact? Well, what do you mean exactly by assistance? Like help them get another job? Or yeah, like un- un- well, unemployment uh, unemployment assistance as normal, but also yeah, uh, yeah helping uh, job finding pro- job generation programs. Yeah, stuff like That's that. Fine. I don't yeah. see nothing wrong with it. I think it's complicated because, I mean, one can argue, well, you can't, 
the job that they were at is gone. And so is like the entire industry is under. So maybe there's an argument for keeping the company because they can't find another job in that area. I know some cities are like that. Well, but... it's like with BM. I mean, you know, when Bush, um, when George W. Bush bailed them out, you know, prior to the, when the recession really oh, started. GM? Yeah. 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 Um, I wasn't happy about it. I mean, obviously we don't know the whole economic implications of what would have happened if, G, if General Motors was That's closed. True. That, but, that's very true. No, but from a standpoint, I don't, you know, if we, like you said, if we're going to be capitalists, we need to be capitalists. But it seems like we're capitalists when we want to be and capitalists when we don't. That's how the United States works, apparently. But, you know, but, well, here's the thing. We don't know everything is what I'm trying to say. So maybe there was a reason why. Maybe General Mose has a deal with the government that we don't know about. Who knows? But <laughs> because, you know, every, every we don't get told everything. And I'm not trying to start conspiracy theory or anything like that. But it's just plain facts. We don't know everything. That's true. Uh, so I think but, so I think that that is a good segue for the topic of this episode uh, being entitlements. Uh, be, yes, being entitlements, which you 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 just like you you just like taxes are very passionate about, and I think the Wall Street, uh, the thing that happened with Wall Street uh, recently is a good uh, example uh, for me of entitlements for certain people being rich people and no entitlements for other people who are not rich, and we can discuss that uh, after the break that we are now going to take. Break. All right. I'll, we'll see you guys after the break. Beep. What was that? I don't know. I just had it. Is that your break sound? Do we have one of those? Yes, sir. All right. Great. Well, well, guys, I, I, we're, I think we're back um, uh, from break. All right, so Chauncey has transformed into a soundboard. So that's interesting development going on there. And I have, um, and folks, I have my second liter of water. Number um, two. So my goal of being well hydrated is better. Yeah. All right, let's go. So, um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So we were just talking about the uh, everything going on in Wall Street right now, but I think it's 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 pretty pertinent to the the idea of entitlements. Um, from the perspective of Wall Street, the argument I was making before the break is that it seems like in the United States, at least, we are, although this applies to other capitalist countries, of course, as well, we are generally okay with the idea, as a society, it seems, with rich people getting benefits um, through tax cuts, um, through, for example, the structure of certain tax loopholes or the structure of certain taxes and how they function, like capital gains tax, um, through deals and via lobbying, et cetera, et cetera, and through direct mar mar uh, market manipulation, uh, like we're, we're seeing with uh, uh, Wall Street. But we don't see, seem, at least in the US, this is where we differ from other uh, capitalist countries, at least to some degree, um, when it comes to uh, entitlements for people who I think arguably need it more, people who don't have as much money. So my perspective on this being a uh, progressive is that I think generally we, we ought to spend more money. Well, first off, we have to spend money on entitlement programs generally and uh, for people who need them. Entitlement programs, uh, that's a broad umbrella term. It, it could mean 
It can mean social security. It could mean food stamps, but we're going to focus at least, I think it would be a good idea just to focus on, for example, the idea of an entitlement program, I suppose. Um, but for my perspective is come kind of coming from uh, if you, if you are not doing well, uh, maybe you lost your job, having benefits come to you to kind of put you back on your feet. That's at least the realm that I want to focus on. So from that perspective, I think those programs are, are warranted, especially in a society with as much wealth as we have now. And I think it's funny that uh, we seem to accept the premise that if you're already doing well, you deserve, you've earned the, uh, you, you've kind of earned the uh, requirement to do better, uh, even more, uh, get even more money than you were making before. So if you're a rich person, you, you ought to deserve more money. And that's kind of the societal and governmental position in the United States uh, at large. Whereas we, we demonize people for being poor. And I don't think that's fair. There's a lot of systemic factors that go into how wealthy a person is, uh, including largely coincidence. Serendipity can determine your entire life path. Where you grow up, we're just limited by so many factors. Um, and I think it's important for the government to invest money into these programs and to do so well. We ought not invest money into programs that are doomed to fail, for example. So I think uh, programs like food stamp programs or unemployment benefits are very valuable. Uh, and I want, uh, as a member of a society who pays into this system via taxes, I want as many people to uh, have access to these types of programs as possible whenever they need them. Um, and so, so uh, I want, honestly, uh, pretty few restrictions on them. Of course, we have to be realistic with the amount of money we're working with, but I, th I think it can be done in the United States in a fiscally responsible way for those who are interested in that, um, uh, like Chauncey is. Um, but I, yeah, but I, I don't think it's, it, you know, um, I don't think that's even necessary as, as a requirement per se. Um, well, but, but that's kind of my position, well, but you, you can, what, what do you think, Chauncey? So, I mean, when it comes to entitlements, um, I'm, I'm going to be frank with everyone, especially if you listen to, um, just for starters, for those that uh, listened to um, last week's episode, I did share with you guys a personal, um, something personal about me. So um, just to reiterate, you know, um, I know what it means to have everything and what it means to have nothing. Um, and my perspective has not changed since you know and that has you know obviously uh through what happens to us um in life our experiences it you know changes us it uh forms us to who we are and i will say this that i truly believe people are entitled to nothing i believe that everyone has the right to a happy life, yes. I believe everyone has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, guaranteed. I believe everyone has the right to be treated fairly and equal, yes. But I do not believe people are entitled to entitlements. What I mean by this is simply, um, I do believe in the food stamp program, yes. I do believe, believe in Medicare and Medicaid, yes. Social Security, yes. Um, but 
the fact of the matter, though, is, is that there is a lot of misspending. And there is also a lot of fraud. I'm not saying, and yes, statistically, there are a low number of people who are committing fraud. But I will say this, you know, um, for example, Avery, a, a lot of liberals will say, okay, the, the deficit's going up. How, how do we save money? Because that's my whole thing about cutting entitlements, saving money to decrease the national deficit. And I even have it right here, pulled up the 2019 U.S. budget, you know, under mandatory spending, 23% went to Social Security, which was approximately $1 trillion, 50% Medicare, $644 billion, 9% Medicaid, $409 billion, 15% went to other which includes unemployment benefits, food and income support, anti-poverty tax credits, federal pensions, and crop insurance. And then under the discretionary, discretionary spending, sorry, 15% goes to defense with 676 billion, 15% went to non-defense, um, which was 661 billion. That includes spending on education, transportation, health, housing, social services, veterans benefits, and international affairs programs. Mm-hmm. And interest payments, which is 9%, which is $375 billion. And a lot of people say, well, that's easy. Just cut the defense. Yep, budget, that's where I am. <laughs> which, which I would say, yes, trim defense. Yes, you could trim defense, no problem. But the biggest, biggest thing that money goes to social security that's true which the social security deficit is increasing reason why is more higher population and more people are retiring yeah. soon. we already we already had the boomers sorry guys i use that term it's not a summer <laughs> but we already have um the uh uh you know, everyone that was after the baby boomers, there we go. After the every World War II ended, we had the baby boomers collecting Social Security. Now we have the next generation starting to collect Social Security. And then we're going to have the next generation. Then eventually it's going to be you and I collecting Social Security. If it exists when we retire, if we retire, who knows? I, I don't but, personally see myself retiring. I'll probably work till I die as a choice, not because I have to, but well, as a choice. Well, Avery, we still have this podcast to the day we die. <laughs> yeah, let's, we have to promise not to uh, independently expire. Let's see what happens. Not a fortune teller. But the fact of the matter, though, still is, is that um, when it comes to the budget, uh, there's a lot that needs to be desired. And I don't believe you can just cut defense. You can't stop defense. You really but can't. What does that mean, though? It like, has to like what, do you, what do you mean? You can't just say, oh, okay, $676 billion, no problem. Toss no, it the no, no, of course not. Uh, this is what, this is, but, but, but here's the thing. When it comes to entitlements, Avery, I believe that there's a lot of mismanagement. I believe there's a lot of fraud. Avery, I used to work in a grocery store and I've seen people, for example, they would try, they'll be like, hey, um, you know, I'll give you my food stamp card to buy your groceries, you just give me the money. Sorry, it don't work that way. That food stamp card is for your food. Sorry, I ain't doing that. Because I don't know what you're doing with that money. I don't know. 
that's not my business. That's no one's business. But the fact of the matter, though, is that money was given to you by the government for money. If you needed extra funds, you know, everyone always needs extra money. Why not? You know, that's a different story. But the fact of the matter, though, is, is that if you have food stamps, that goes strictly yeah. to food. You know, I think people blow their whole food stamps on lobster, you know, luxury items. And I'm thinking to myself, why? If you're on food stamps, why the hell well, do you keep coming well, to this? Why are you eating a lot every day of the week? Do you mind if I ask, like, who, why should we care what they spend their food stamp money on? Because there's basically, I mean, obviously, once they get it, yeah, cool, you know, but Avery, I've seen people, I've seen one, I've seen a person with two food stamp cards. Well, they, they might have a family. Two but food stamp cards. I don't know. No, 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 for themselves. I mean, that doesn't seem possible given how the, the you're pretty heavily restricted. Yes, but trust me, I've seen it. Yeah, That's yeah, but I'm even saying. even at, even like what you said but, but the, but earlier. The, but the fact is that when you, when you give people entitlements, Avery, and all my fellow retail workers out there, you know what I'm talking I about. I used to work at Walmart, so people, I know too. Yes, you do, Avery. You know how entitled some individuals could be. But the fact of the matter, though, is, is that no one has the right to feel entitled. So let me ask you a question. You you Simple said that. earlier that you think people do have a right to pursue happiness, right? But to, in, in my mind, yes. the word entitled and right are pretty equivalent in that if you're entitled to something, it is your right to, to have something, to, to, to be able to do something, et cetera, right? Yes, and that's the problem with us calling these entitlements. The problem is, for the sake of the podcast, Davey, we're not going to redo everything. You know, for example, uh, it's just what the what the culture has called it. It's like, for example, Avery, we've had, also had a discussion. This is way off topic, but just for perspective, uh, there's no such there. There are racists out there, but the correct terminology would be ethnicities, because when we're all one race, the human race, we're just different ethnicities but no one calls it ethnicities maybe because it sounds hard it's hard to say pronunciate oh well that's a different or, you know racist. yeah let's let's not get and into it is that a different discussion. No, and it is a different discussion i'm just saying you get what i'm saying though for the sake of of what everyone knows these are entitlements okay, and we're so not going to sure, sit sure. here so on let, this let me... but that's besides so who... the point the fact of the matter though is that if you cut entitlements guess what Taxes go down. You don't have to raise taxes anymore. Deficit goes down. You have to give the, the benefits. The, the entitlements have to be given to those who need it. Not because someone, like, for example, the coronavirus pandemic package, right? I've known a lot of individuals. I'm not going to say their names. I'm not going to say where they worked or work. I'm not going to say anything because that's a private matter. But the fact of the matter though is, I know numerous individuals who chose to leave their job. They were not laid off and they were not terminated. They decided to go on leave for the coronavirus pandemic because they said they didn't, they didn't feel comfortable and that's their right. And then they're filing for unemployment, making more money from home with the additional of the $600 a week. So wait a minute. Um, with the pandemic. And no, let me finish. And they still had a job. And now the government's finally catching up and is sending letters to employ to their employer saying, hey, did this person have a job during this time? And they're like, yeah, 
And now it's time to pay them back for those individuals, those that were caught, which I applaud the government for catching them because you were using a system for, you know, monetary gain, which yes, a lot of people do that. But the fact- But it seems like you're describing the system working correctly. Yes, it is. But that's because it's specifically, specifically because of the pandemic, because we're putting trillions of dollars in a package and the deficit of the United States is increasing. And it will increase after this deficit's all, uh, after this pandemic is all said and done. We're going to be in a dig- beat deeper hole than we are because not, we've spent more money than we're making. And actually- So you think, so you think that, uh, so it does sound like you, you do think that there ought to be some social, instead of calling them entitlement, social benefit programs. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I believe that they are. That I'm not saying, because here's the thing. You have the, the, the disabled, you have the elderly, you have people that are out of work. You know, some people are in shitty positions. You know, some people put themselves in those positions and some people just, it just, they just have bad luck and I sympathize with them. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be no, nothing there to help them. But as we discussed before- But you still want to cut those programs. I believe that everyone should have a job. And we discussed this, Avery, numerous times. We've spent, what, a whole afternoon discussing this at one point. And I think it's more imperative that if someone's on unemployment, that they should be assisted to get in the job, that they should be shown evidence that they're looking for work. You can't just give someone money and not expect them to not try. And that's the thing. It's hard to try for some people. And the other thing is, is that we have to look at it like this, Avery. The problem with the American way is that we are taught that you're born here, right? Awesome. You work a little, work for a little bit. Awesome. And then you get all these entitlements, all these benefits. But the fact of the matter, though, is, is that. What do you mean by that? Do you mind if I ask? What, what do you mean like, by you get all these benefits? Like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Um, you know, you get. Like, I think that's interesting. You, 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 you say that because I feel like most people in the U.S. don't really feel that way. No, but that's, I'm not saying that people feel, no, I, no, what I'm saying though is, is that yes, people do feel that is what it should be. And that's what people are taught. It's the American dream. Everyone. I thought the, like the American dream I learned about is like you work hard and then you personally succeed. Like as an individual, you are successful. I, I don't think many Americans believe the government ought to give them stuff. No, Avery, I think you're misconstrued what I'm saying. The American dream. Oh, go ahead. The American ahead. dream, at least explain to me. I mean, hell, Avery, we're three years apart, so it can't be, we can't be taught differently. I mean, fuck. You'd be I mean, surprised. But man, you really would, folks. But um, the fact of the matter, though, is this. How I was taught the American dream was, is that, like I said, you're born, you work, you get, you get to retire, every life's good. And you sail into the golden sunset. But that's not the case. You have to, just like some people think, oh, I'm an American, I live in the United States. Part of the dream is I should be able to own a house. Not everyone's a homeowner. Not many people will never own a home in their lives. Sorry to say, there'll be a lot of people who will never own a house. Either because it's not physically uh, 
feasible or because they don't want to. Not everyone needs a house. It's a lot of work. But what I will say is that, you know, not everyone will get those things. No one's entitled to anything. And that's what I mean. No one's entitled to a discount, you know, because they feel like they should get a discount because a bag's ripped open. Just like no one's entitled to get free checks from the government because they believe they need it. You know, and I- So should rich people. What about rich people? So what I guess what I'm saying is, um, should people who are very well off, should they get, should you incentivize businesses by giving them tax cuts? Oh, wait, say that one more time, I'm sorry. Should you incentivize businesses to stay here by continuing to give them tax cuts? Because that's an entitlement. Okay, so I think that we are on two different levels with entitlements. We're look t- and tax cuts is one thing, but I'm talking about entitlement entitlements such as no, no, I, no way, well, Medicare. No, I, under, I understand. I understand what you mean, but that's not an entitlement. That's a business transaction. No, no. Wait a minute, though. It's an entitlement in the sense that you're you're basically giving them money by not taking money from them. That's an entitlement. Well, you don't have to do that. Like I said, if the United States became more of a nationalized, we are going to focus on home. We are going to have import more than we export. Because I guarantee if you import more than you export, you're going to fail. If we export more than we import, we're in the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so to be clear, you're saying that businesses are also not entitled to success. No, of course businesses. No, no one's entitled to success. That's the capitalistic way. Just That's why earlier we agreed that we don't believe in bailouts. I mean, right, right. Because here's the thing. The true, true capitalism is a doggy dog world. If my business failed, it failed for a reason. Either I fucked up or the business just wasn't there. I mean, mm-hmm. I can open up an ice cream shop in Alaska and or better yet, I can, you know, you know, be in Antarctica and open up an ice cream shop and be like, oh, hell, I'm the only one here. I have 100% of the market. But who the fuck is going to buy ice cream in a cold place? Like me, but, you know, yeah. I, I, I enjoy a nice iced coffee on a brisk morning because I like iced coffee, but that's just me. But not everyone's going to want an ice cream cone in freezing weather. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So if the market's not there, the market's there. There's various reasons why. I mean, you can even look at, you know, very popular shows like um, for those that want perspective, uh, Gordon Ramsay's uh, uh, Kitchen Nightmares, Um, John Tapper's Bar Rescue. Huh? I like those shows. They're pretty good. No, they are. Those, those not, are nice, like day television. No, they well, they're not day, but you know, but still, they they enjoy. You know, they 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 teach you something about mismanagement and stuff like that. And that's and that's my point is that no business has is entitled to succeed. You either succeed or you don't. I mean, Steve Jobs didn't find Apple with his friends, and then he was like, "Oh well, I'm entitled. This company is going to be a billion dollar company." No, he didn't. He saw he had a vision, he pursued it, and it, you know, made it happen. But, you know, no one's entitled to anything. Businesses aren't entitled to anything. Rich people aren't entitled to anything. Poor people aren't entitled to anything. The only thing you're entitled to is your life. 
You're entitled to a good life. Now, unfortunately, no, so wait a minute. A lot of Democrats, so, so on- unfortunately, a lot of Democrats misconstrue this. They say, oh, if I say that you have to have a good life, yeah. But here's the thing: you, the, your life is what you make it. If you do the work. So you don't believe we're a society then? What are you talking about? Like, like I hear what you're saying and, and I understand everything you're talking about, but functionally, like you're, the logic that you're, what you're, in, what you're telling me, the end point is you do not exist in a community no, is what not, you're basically I'm saying. Not saying that at all. Well, because... I bring this up because no, what, the idea here's the, that I'm, here's hold on, wait a minute, 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 we can, we wait a minute. Can be like Trump and Biden in the political debate, or we can be like this. So this is what I'm trying to state. This is the clear point. In the 1600s, Avery, right? Let's put it back there. And yes, I know we're not in the 1600s, but in, in the days of old, if I didn't plant a crop, if I didn't hunt, if I just sat there and waited for somebody to give me stuff, would I be alive or dead? You would most likely be dead if no one cared about you. Okay. So point being here. If we didn't coddle people, because that's the issue. People are being coddled. Same reason why people like get, a lot of politicians use this to get votes. They coddle people. People do not need to be coddled. They need jobs. They need something to do. They need a way to make success in this country and the success in this country is not reaping the benefits of entitlement because i guarantee if you cut entitlement if you make more restrictions on entitlement if you make it harder for people to get things then you don't have to raise the taxes just like this all coincides because taxes for example and entitlements are one in the same they both go together you raise because the issue with this country is we're spending more than we're making and that's why the def- deficit goes up every year. And Democrats can raise the taxes all they want. But the problem is, the reason why the revenues in the United States are bigger, uh, are, more, are more greater under Democrats, statistically, is because they raise the taxes. Yeah, and because it helps the deficit. But they raise, yes, we make more revenue. But that yes. means we make a profit. Because guess what? That we revenue do make that we generated... Because that revenue that we generated, guess where it went? It went back to the people. It went back to these programs. And we spent. And it generated profit. We still, we made more money, yeah, but we spent more money as a result because we, because. So you don't think, you don't think. The thought process is this. We have more money. So now we can spend more money on failing programs or just corrupt programs. We can put more money. So wait a minute. Chauncey, this is, this is the thing I'm talking about, though, is you, you are, you are assuming that these programs are failed programs. No, I'm not assuming any- so There are tons, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't want to be Trump and Biden, right? Yes. <laughs> the, 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 uh, there, is, there is evidence after evidence after evidence that suggests the following. When you invest, when you put money into the market, like if I directly give a person money, right? No strings attached. The immediate effect, within days, sometimes sometimes within days, but usually within a month or so, of that happening is the local economy for where that person lives is stimulated. Because that person, unlike a company, when they're given money, unlike a company, when people are given money, liquid assets that they can use, they almost immediately put it back into the market. And that's not bad business sense on their part. 
They're trying to enjoy their life and they have to spend that money on food, on rent, et cetera, on consumer goods. But here's my argument. So when you have government programs like, like uh, food stamps and stuff to help people get back on their feet, it's not just, it's not wasted money because those people are actually putting whatever money they have back into the economy. So it's not a net loss. So here's my question though, right? Sure. And here's my question, because I'm surprised you didn't think of this. Or maybe you did and you just haven't brought it up. So in the in the case of food stamps, right? So let's say, yeah, the government gives, let's say the government gives me $200 food stamps, right? I go use that food stamp money. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, the government, your argument is, oh, the government's going to make that money back, right? They won't. The economy, yeah. The, it, I mean, I don't know if we call it the uh, government, but the, the economy money, is stimulated. $200 goes to the big business, and then the big business, because the tax laws are all fucked up, they don't pay their taxes, so that money's gone. Well, I, I guess it depends what you mean by the economy and what the, the government... Gov I mean, I'm talking about economic stimulus. Money's not going to get that back. And yes, statistically, yes. The economy does fare better with entitlements, but the not entitlements, I mean with... Money, like social programs, social programs, yes, exactly. And I'm, that's yeah, right. and that's well, it seems that's like we agree then. Social programs are good for that reason, yes. I'm not, I never said they weren't. I'm just saying that there's a coalition between if we are able to lower entitlements, lower social programs, thus, because here's the thing if we cut social security, that's less money in our check, yes, but that also means, well, here's the thing, let's think of it like this if we eliminate social security eliminated programs gone it's dead right that is a lot of money we save like i said exactly who's saving money though who saves money here finish my reason in av let me finish my reasons stay all right, all right. Go, ahead. go ahead that's one trillion dollars we save a year right so that's a trillion dollars we save so initially we're almost to fixing our deficit because now we're going to be in in the black from the red from the black just by cutting social security doesn't that mean we have a bunch of dead people then let me finish so the future right you don't have to pay social security no more on your taxes so that means more money in the american people's pocket which means more money in the american people's pocket means more spending more economic growth yes there should be in people so it would have to be a transition of some sort I would imagine, of, of getting rid of Social Security because Social Security is a failed program or you create a new program. Why is it a failed Security. program? Well, why do you say that? Why do you think, hasn't it, doesn't it accomplish what it's supposed to do? When you get retired, you have some money? But the problem is though, is that with rising costs of yes, living, I agree. Social Security is not there. That's, You're saying it's not enough. It doesn't. It doesn't scale with inflation. No, you might. You save more money, right? You will save more money. Put money in a, in a savings account or CD or various financial uh, programs. You personally, than in Social Security, you could get a four hundred one k, and make more money in your four hundred one k for your retirements than Social Security. Because let's be honest, no one truly retires solely on Social Security. It's just an extra check that comes in. When people retire, they have various avenues of revenue. 
401k if they invest. So that's why I'm saying that's why Social Security is a failed program because the idea behind Social Security is once you retire, that's it. You collect your Social Security check and you're able to live a comfortable life. But the fact of the matter, though, is that's a lie. You will not. Well, I think, sure, sure. No, I I see what you mean. I I agree with that, actually. Um, What I'm saying, though, is I think historically speaking, the reason why, if you look at the United States before Social Security, right, Old people were not well off. And I think this is just generally because, and there's several examples of this, humans are really bad at planning almost uh, you know, six decades down the line. That's, and that's not a problem with just uh, you know, people who end up being poor or something. It's not like a classist issue, it's everybody, rich people included, right? Like it, rich people aren't necessarily better at spending money, that's why they're rich. No, okay? they're- There's several factors that lead into that. What I was saying, though, is that what I'm saying is um, that only works, basically, that argument. If the people who are currently rich, like when they're in their 60s, they're rich because they were somehow better than everybody else. Like 90 percent of the population at spending money and looking ahead. But generally speaking, scientifically, this is very well documented. Humans are not good at planning decades ahead. We just aren't. We don't have large timescales in our head. We evolved as a species that only lived to like their 30s and then died. Okay, so this is relatively new that we live so long. Okay, we haven't caught up uh, neurologically, I guess is what I mean. Um, And so social security works because in in a way, because the 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 opposite when they don't have money, because we know this, we know this is a fact because there was a time in the US when we didn't have social security. The reason why it was brought in is because old people entered poverty. Old people still enter poverty. It's still a problem, but Social Security acts as a a safety net to help them a little bit. And I agree that it's not enough and we need to do more for people early on in their lives to enable them to invest. But that doesn't come innately. It comes through education and then stuff like that, which are social programs in and of themselves, right? Exactly. But what I will say, and I, I did... Uh, I'm not going to lie, Avery. I did see your Facebook post earlier about uh, private schools. And I disagree with you. Um, well, we can discuss that next time if you'd like. <laughs> we, we most definitely will. I just had to point out, out guys, Avery's a hater against um, private schooling, even though people pay for that tuition. But anyways. Um, but the fact of the matter, though, is, is guys, we'll be back with this home stretch after this break. Right, that sounds good. Why don't you fall asleep on me? So now with entitlements, um, I would just say let's do our closing arguments and talk about what's going on for next week. Yeah, sure. So uh, again, I think we covered, it's a broad topic, but uh, my position on it is that I think that people are entitled to have, they have a right to have a good life um, and that society ought to help people that are in that society. We should act not as individuals uh, necessarily, but as a collective. If, if someone's in need, then we help provide things for them. And I think uh, especially when done under the right administration, I won't necessarily argue that the government is the correct thing to do this all the time, but it's the best mechanism I think we have. 
uh, to improve people's lives. I, that, I think we can do that through social programs uh, like food stamps, social security, healthcare, et cetera. And that's why I'm, I'm broadly in support of them. And once again, on my perspective, uh, a lot of people are going to hate me. Some people will like me. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but I, that's the way that's the way the movement anyways, but the fact is, and I swear, Avery, I must, I may need to get some merch that says the fact of the matter because though is, yeah, though is, uh, trying to change up my, uh, vocabulary, ladies and gentlemen, but, um, I am who I am. Everyone has their flaws, and mine is vocabulary. It's not a flaw. It's it's a it's a quirk. Yeah, that's one of my quirks. So, ladies, I am single, but um, the oh, whole God. thing though, <laughs> but the whole thing though is, is simply that um, when it boils down to it, I um, just believe that. Yes, people do need the assistance necessary to um, when they need it. And but at the same time, at a reasonable cost, I just want fairness and I want fiscal responsibility. And I need and this can even go back to and that should be our next topic, um, education, because mm -hmm. honestly, God honest truth, education does need to change in this country as well as, for example, basic economics needs to be taught in education. Um, but, you know, because a lot of people don't have the sense. And I will say that um, for those that I know that are on social benefits, you know, I may have never been on it myself. And I know it's not easy. I, I, you know, but the point is, is that social benefits are there to help, but there are also very numerous communities, uh, outreach programs, there's numerous uh, companies that have programs as well. So I believe that instead of the government helping everything, maybe it's time for us as a community to give back, to help one another. As you did say, we are a society, Avery. And as being a society, we should help one another. So instead of jacking up taxes to pay for programs that are just going to be mismanaged or money mm -hmm. spent in the wrong ways, we might as well come together and help one another. And I'm not being, and I'm not being a smart ass. I'm actually being real on this one. Because, you know, for someone who knows what it means to have no one to back there to have your back, it sucks. And may and that's why I am the way I am. But and that's why I believe in what I believe. So Avery, entitlements. What I thought it would be, very very invigorating, fun conversation. Um, I hope the viewers. Uh, listeners, because no one's really going to see our faces, um, fortunately for you, Avery. Um, and, ah. <laughs> and um, you know, it was very fun. Um, obviously, this is a topic that I do see us get more in depth again. So entitlement episode probably B uh, will probably come down the road. Same with taxes, because guys, 
with me and Avery, an hour is just not enough. But um, we do look forward to um, next week. And it's true, Avery. We need like hours. No, I just feel like there's a there's a uh, uh, a sex joke in there somewhere, but it gets weird. Oh, for once I wasn't being weird, so that's all I knew, buddy. But uh, <laughs> that, that is on me. I take but, full responsibility for explicit content. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> now we're gonna have to change our description. But um, but stay tuned. Only in Alabama. Ivy. <laughs> But uh, stay, stay tuned for next week, where it's going to be very exciting. We are going to have our first guest, uh, Stuart Mitchell, a.k.a. the Vigilante Vegan. Um, if you do want to check out his Instagram page, or for you cool cats and dolls out there, not Karen Baskins, but um, on the IG yeah. or the gram, uh, you can follow him at Vigilante underscore vegan. Once again, Vigilante underscore vegan to get to know what he's about. He is a uh, author as well as animal rights activist with a lot to share. Um, Avery and I are very excited to uh, dive in, be, especially with Avery being a fellow vegan. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we want to see his take on veganism, politics uh, and protesting. So we will be actually bring um, revisiting a top off first topic which is exciting um just again another uh in-depth analysis um so guys avidacent and thank you now take it away avery yeah as always it was a really good conversation and uh it got heated at some points but i think it's fine we're brothers so we, we understand where we're coming from um but in in terms of looking forward to next week's episode i'm very excited to talk uh, with Stuart Mitchell, uh, especially on like vegan activism. But until uh, until then, see you next time. Why don't you fall asleep on me?